What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod. Make sure to check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. And if you like, follow, and retweet whenever we have our new episodes come out, you might have a chance to come on the pod as a guest sometime in the future. But getting into this pod, as always, I'm Michael Akeem, joined here by Vito Patel. This is pod number 21, Super Bowl weekend, Super Pod, Super Bowl Sunday this weekend, Vito. Yes, sir. Super pod. Yeah, uh, we've been bringing content to you guys since the first week of NFL, and that's when we started. And now we're at the end of this season. What a great season. And it is time for the Super Pod as we preview this Super Bowl. Yeah, this pod is basically be just for Super Bowl Sunday. We're not doing any other news, any other ranking this week. Just focusing on Super Bowl 56. And yeah, that is right. We started week one with the NFL, and now we're wrapping up NFL season. But getting into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 is on Sunday. We haven't said it enough already. Bengals, Rams, this is the first time these two teams uh, will ever meet up in a Super Bowl. This will be the Bengals' third overall trip to the Super Bowl. They're 0-2 previously, lost in 1981-1988, both to the 49ers. This is going to be the Rams' fifth trip to the Super Bowl. They're 1-3 previously. Their only win was in 1999 when they were still the St. Louis Rams. And they lost in 2018 to the Patriots, 13-3, in the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. So this will be the first they win. It'll be the first time they win the Super Bowl in L.A. as the L.A. Rams. The cool thing about the new location, too, is they've attracted a lot of talent in their short time in L.A. But anyways, some more facts. Uh, This is also going to be the youngest head coach duel in the Super Bowl. So Sean McWay for the Rams is 36 years old. And... Zach Taylor for the Bengals is 38 years old. Uh, and McWay would be the youngest to win. So wait, would the next youngest be Tomlin? Yeah, Tomlin's also 36. But I think McVay is less days into his 36th year. Nice, nice. Uh, and then Cincinnati, they went 2-14 in 2019 and now are already in the Super Bowl in just two years. Uh, getting that number one overall pick in Joe Burrow definitely helped them. Uh, and there's also a first Super Bowl without a top three seed yeah and then i think <laughs> the most interesting fact to me the funniest one was since the Bengals are technically the home team since they just switch which conference gets to be the home team even though it's at sofi stadium the Bengals are going to be using the rams like home field locker room and the rams are going to be in the away locker room wow that's actually crazy since yeah. the rams have been playing in that stadium the whole year and everyone probably has their own personal lockers i confused. Wait, what's the reason for that? I don't know. They just get to be the home team. And because like uh, their locker rooms, like the home locker room is always better, obviously. So yeah, hopefully the Rams invested in a nice visitor locker room because they're going to be using it. Uh, this is also the second time the two starting quarterbacks are first overall picks. The last time was Manning versus Cam Newton back in Super Bowl 50. And this is the third time the Super Bowl has both defenses ranked outside of the top 10. The Rams come in at 15th and the Bengals at 17th, which is surprising because I thought both those defenses were better than they've shown, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they definitely picked up their pace in the playoffs. Both of them have been playing really well. Going back to that fact that you had about the Super Bowl with Manning and Cam Newton, funny enough, the Super Bowl MVP in that Super Bowl was Von Miller, and now he's on the LA Rams. So it's crazy. I guess he follows the number one overall pick. Yeah, maybe then this year's MVP will be Aaron Donald if the Rams win. <laughs> I mean, maybe we can see. I can see it. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're gonna break down each position battle, kind of. We're gonna start 
Rams passing offense versus Bengals pass defense. We'll go on. We'll do the alternate. Now we'll compare the run games against the run defenses for both teams. Lastly, we'll hit on special teams real quick for giving our final predictions of who we think is going to win. Um, so let's start with Rams passing offense versus Bengals passing defense. So Stafford ranks number two in the postseason in passing yards. He had 905 yards through the first three games. Uh, he's thrown at a 72% clip, six touchdowns, 115.6 rating. And he's coming off a great game against the 49ers, which he had 337 yards. And that 49ers defense was not bad. They held Prescott and Rodgers to under 255 yards each. So Yeah, no, Stafford's been blowing out these playoffs. And in somewhat good news to him, the Bengals defense allows a pretty high completion percentage, uh, ranks 26. But I mean, in bad news for him, though, a lot of the reason why they give up such a high completion percentage is because it's a low, uh, lower yards per catch. But the good news, if you're on the Bengals side, though, is they already played the number one passer this playoffs. And I know Stafford is number two, but they played Mahomes and they they held him in check, uh, especially like, I mean, they gave him a playoff low of 275 yards. And I know 275 yards is a lot, but for Mahomes, it's pretty little. And he actually had his career worst game in terms of uh, losing the ball. He had two picks against the Bengals. So the Bengals on numbers don't look that good, but they they've shown that they could step up to the competition this playoffs. Yeah, I think through the season and through the playoffs, I think the Bengals' defense has stepped up, and I think it continues to surprise me at least. Yeah, they come out to play, and I think part of that is they're, they're pretty disciplined. They haven't given up too many big plays. I think that was huge against the the Chiefs. They're like a big play team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be important against the Rams too because they're more of the same. I mean, with Cooper Cup, OBJ, and, and Van Jefferson. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Cooper Cup, the Triple Crown winner, he's on tear. He's had 140 plus yards receiving in the last two games, and I know they, the Chiefs' defense has went up against some pretty good receivers. I mean, not Chiefs. The Bengals' defense has went up against some pretty good receivers in um, AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. And but the thing is, Cooper Cup has beat all receivers in all categories, so he's going to be another monster that they have to worry about. And then OBJ himself. There's a lot of good LSU players I was thinking about, Michael, in this game. You got OBJ, you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase. So it's, it's an LSU-heavy Super Bowl. But he ha- he's coming off the best game he's had in a while, uh, as we talked about on last show. He had 11 targets, 9 receptions, and 113 yards in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, Stafford's got um arsenal of weapons between Cooper Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson, big play potential. Um, I know Higby got hurt last week, but Kendall Bland came in and filled in pretty nicely, and he's had a pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, pretty good playoff run. Uh, in terms of the Bengals' defense, like pass defense, um, probably gonna have a woozy on Cup maybe for most of the time, and Eli Apple on OBJ. So I mean, good luck to them. Uh, they did hold Tyreek Hill in check last week, seven receptions for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown. So if you can keep Cooper Cup to anywhere close to like even within like 30 yards of 40 yards of those numbers, I think you can do a good job. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, but that that would definitely help them. Actually, I just thought about it. Eli Apple and OBJ, they both played for the Giants a few years ago, so I'm sure they have some mm-hmm. uh matchups against each other in practice. So that'll be another interesting matchup to see OBJ going up against his old teammate. That's true, and and both of them have been playing better these last couple weeks too because they kind of had slumps in their careers. 
Yeah. I mean, stuff like that will happen if you play at the Giants for a little bit. It's going to set your game back a few yeah. years. <laughs> OBJ to the Browns didn't make it much better. Yeah. Oh, that's that's just as bad as yeah. the Giants. Um, talking about the lines, though, you got a pretty good Rams offensive line against, I think, what the strength of the Bengals defense is their defensive line, too. Yo, here's some interesting stats for for Stafford and the Rams. The Rams are 8-0 when Stafford throws zero interceptions. Okay, When he throws one interception, that record drops down to 7-5, so close to 500. And when he throws two or more interceptions, they're 2-3, and three, so wow. below 500. Wow. And, I mean, that's going up against a fairly, I guess, mediocre Bengals defense when it comes to takeaways. So they finished 15th in the regular season for interceptions. But, again, that's still kind of misleading since they picked off Patrick Mahomes twice in the AFC Championship game. So there's a decent chance that any of those three numbers, zero interceptions, one interceptions, or two interceptions happened. The Bengals asked kind of the theme of their defense. They've improved as the year goes on. Six interceptions in the playoffs. That's what, two a game? That leads the playoff teams, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw a stat that they led the NFL in turnover margin in the playoffs, too. Uh, So that's paired with an offense that doesn't lose the ball as much. But uh, sticking to this matchup, the reason why that's big thing though is that that big Bengals defense is very opportunistic in this playoffs and that's a big part of their run I mean they had three interceptions against the Titans that all but destroyed the Titans chances and one pretty much sealed the game actually the interception against Mahomes sealed the game too they they get the picks at the big time of the game uh, I mean I think the Bengals defense has to make plays like that because I mean they're a young team and to be honest they don't have the star power that the Rams have that the Chiefs have, even maybe that the, the Titans had. So they need to do things like this, force turnovers, win the turnover margin, those kind of things to kind of flip the game and, and take all the chances they got. Because, you know, Joe Burrow's mm-hmm. been taking every chance he's got through these playoffs, and that's why they're on this crazy run and they're in the Super Bowl and, and the most drastic two-year turnaround the NFL has seen in the Super Bowl era. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Really, I've never seen a quarterback this young just go straight to the Super Bowl. No, his career is young. He's not like that young. That's true, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's decent age. But yeah, his career. It was literally two years ago that he's in the college football playoff and wins the championship. Like, I don't think I've seen a college champion get to an NFL Super Bowl that fast as a quarterback. I mean, that's true. Another interesting stat for the Rams. Uh, so their O-line is pretty good. They have allowed the fifth fewest pressures for Stafford and the Rams are 11 and 0 when Stafford's got time and he has a rating of 100 plus and they're 11 and 0 when Stafford does not get sacked. They're 5 and 4 when the other team has at least one sack. Wow. Basically what I'm getting from this is that Stafford gets time, doesn't get sacked, and doesn't make a mistake, which probably is led by him not getting time. No one beats the Rams. They're just not beatable. Mm-mm. No, when Stafford plays good, the Rams are pretty good i mean that's why they went and got him that's why they traded first round picks and and golf yeah (laughs) yeah no yeah he's a he's a game changer he's he's an elite quarterback and i mean he's part of the reason why i'm so hype about uh cooper cup because i think golf missed some opportunities with cup but you know stafford's capitalizing and when you have a quarterback playing at this level you can get a triple crown winner and if Bengals want to have any hope in stopping this uh amazing quarterback uh that we're both high on uh it's gonna start with their d-line and Specifically, Trey Hendrickson, he had one and a half sacks and five pressures against the Chiefs. 
Sam Hubbard, who had two sacks and five pressures against the Chiefs. And between those two, they had uh, a total of four sacks and five QB hits. And they're going to need to do that and maybe even some more against uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, they need to pressure Stafford um, because, I mean, like we said, when he when Stafford's got time and he does his thing, Rams are unstoppable. However, when you pressure him, Stafford's ranked 12th in passer rating. Uh, with a rating of 75, 17th in completion rating. So all the way from his what, highest completion rating of his career so far, I think it's like 67, 68. Uh, when he's under pressure, it drops all the way down to 50. And he has the most interceptions, seven, when under pressure in 2021. But when he wasn't pressured last week against the 49ers, 24 for 29, 254 yards and two touchdowns. So like, when he gets time, he's perfect. Wow, that is insane. That, yeah, that's like almost 80% completion percentage. Yeah, and then the thing is, though, you also can't really blitz too much because if you're trying to get pressure with blitzing, Stafford led the NFL in quarterback rating 131.8 when getting blitzed. And he's got a 13 to 1 touchdown interception ratio and an almost 75% completion percentage when being blitzed. So you got to rush your front three to four guys, which is what the Bengals do, but they got to get there. <laughs> I mean, in general, uh, and actually going one further back to the interception thing, when the Bengals had their game winning p- picks in the last two games, actually, we'll make it three games because against the Raiders, the last possession was also a pick. So the last three games have ended on the when the Bengals had defense, their defensive possessions have ended in the game with a pick. And basically, they'll probably need one of those to beat Matt Stafford. And I mean, no, I know they did three times in a row, but to do it four times in a row would be pretty hard. And with all those numbers said before, I would pick on uh, the advantage to be the Rams for this uh, matchup with the Rams pass O against the Bengals pass D. Yeah, I think I'm I'm leaning towards advantage Rams as well. And I mean, the Bengals don't blitz much. They're 26th in blitz percentage, like how often they blitz. Then they're still 11th in sacks. So they need their D-line, like the guys that you talked about earlier, to really, to really step up. And they have to have, defensively at least, a similar game to the second half of that Chiefs game when they were only rushing three or four guys. And they still had two sacks against Mahomes rushing three. I feel like Matt Stafford's a little different than Mahomes. Mahomes tries to make a lot of plays, which he's really good at. I'm not going to discredit him for that. Uh, but I feel like Stafford isn't going to try to make plays, but there's not. like I'm still specifically referring to that uh, last Chiefs offense possession in regulation when Mahomes tried to you know, get around, weave around, and end up losing like 20 yards on a sack on like a third and goal. Yeah, the thing is, I want to say lack of experience, but Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl almost as much and been in these kind of games Already almost as much as any other quarterback in the NFL outside of like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like I'm so I'm still kind of baffled at Mahomes' performance last week towards the end. Like I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, uncharacteristic. But I mean, I think I think the the way the Bengals' defense was playing, a rush three, drop eight, and they were still getting to him yeah. with three, and and he didn't know where to go with it. It kind of by the end of the game, kind of I think they were in his head a little bit. I agree, and it's kind of. Frustrated too when your offensive line can't protect you when there's a three-man rush. I think what the Rams got to do that the Chiefs got away from is stay committed to the run game because once you give up and you're not running the ball anymore, the, those pass rushers they they're not guarding against the run. They're just coming straight around to the quarterback. They, they you don't have to respect the run anymore. So, but we will get into that in a second. Now we're gonna go flip them. 
Bengals pass offense versus Rams pass defense. This, I think, has the most intriguing matchups of the whole Super Bowl. I think this side of the ball uh, has the best players of both teams. Yeah, I mean, outside of Stafford and Cup, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Stafford and Cup, are they better than Ramsey and Donald? It'd be close. It, it would be. Mm, I mean, those are all like all pro guys, yeah. so I guess. I guess. But, I mean, the Bengals, their strength is definitely their offense, and specifically their passing offense. Of course, obviously, all this starts with Joe Burrow, who led the NFL in yards per attempt and completion percentage in the regular season and only his second year in the league. And like Stafford, very good against the Blitz. And he's not bad under pressure. I think he's kind of gotten used to it with his offensive line. But uh, he has just been great, at, especially last game, getting out of the pocket when he needs to. He had those three runs on like third down in the second half against the Chiefs. We scrambled, picked up the first. So uh, he's going to need to make a lot of plays because it's not going to be easy against this Rams pass defense. No, it won't. Uh, yeah, that scramble ability, I mean, definitely saved him last week. I mean, I think he didn't even take a sack last week against the Chiefs. Or did he just take one? I think he had one. Okay, he had okay, yeah. He, he should have had more. Yeah, he had yeah, he had one, but he was in position to be sacked multiple times last weekend. I mean, he has to do something similar to that against this uh ferocious Rams pass rush. But luckily for him, he is pretty good at making plays like that. Another good thing about Burrow, though, and it's not really Burrow, but it's the Bengals offense. They have so many receiving weapons. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. Uzama and uh, Joe Mixon. So, like, they they got a lot of weapons, and especially uh, they got two 1,000-yard receiving weapons, which most teams don't have that luxury. And then their third receiver is 800-yard. Yeah, which is pretty much at the brink of 1,000. And those don't even count Uzama or Mixon out of the backfield. They used a lot of uh, running back and tight end passes last week in a short passing game against the Chiefs. So, no, it's definitely an integral part of their offense. And then Uzama is one of the more underrated tight ends, and he's injured, but uh, he says no way in hell he's going to miss the Super Bowl. <laughs> when... The biggest game of his life, yeah. That's good for Bengals fans. He's, he's big time. Exactly. No, absolutely. And a matchup nightmare. Yeah, so, I mean, similar to the... So the Rams, the Chiefs, I mean, the Bengals' skill positions are crazy talented. And so, so Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey is going to be a nice matchup. Oh, I'm excited. Everyone's excited yes. for that. Our, one of the top uh, corners in the game, most people say he is the best corner versus the best receiving season that a rookie's ever had. Like the best rookie receiver ever. Jamar Chase set a rookie record, 1,455 receiving yards. And look at this number, 651 yards after catch. That's amazing. That's huge. Wow. Actually, I don't think this Rams defense does well against uh, yards after catch. And so that that's going to be a matchup that, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't have many good players in the secondary that could tackle well. And so if Jamar Chase could get past Ramsey, you know, that he could be gone. But the crazy thing is Jalen Ramsey's excited and ready for Jamar Chase. He wants to prove that he's a top corner. And a lot of other top corners, you know, play part of their scheme and want to play in zone. But, you know, Ramsey embraces the challenge and wants to go up against the top receiver every week. I mean, you got to have that mindset when you're playing, especially in their division. He plays good receivers on a regular basis. So Absolutely, yeah. They got two of the top five receivers in yards this season, Debo Samuels and Cooper Cup. And then 
I mean, that's not even including probably the best of the three, which is DeAndre Hopkins, who was injured this year. Yeah, he's a monster. And then you got Seattle's got DK and uh, and Tyler Lockett. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have to go against Cup. But yeah, those other two, it's a tough receiver division. But the thing is, even if Jalen Ramsey, let's say he absolutely locks down Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase kind of has a relatively quiet game, maybe similar to last week. Number two option. T. Higgins, he's going to be going up against Darius Williams, who already is allowed 180 receiving yards in playoffs, and not the great greatest. So no, it's not. <laughs> uh, and actually, T. Higgins, he had a really, really quiet first game against the Raiders, and ever since I think you and I both made him our dark horse, he has been playing pretty good. Uh, he's had 199 yards since in the last two games, uh, and I mean that's pretty good. He's averaging almost. Like, as close as you could get to 100 yards a game. <laughs> 99.5. Yeah. <laughs> but you also got Boyd, who is, like, their version of Van Jefferson. Big play potential there. And then Uzama is good receiving tight end. And they use their running backs out of the backfield, too. So, a lot of options. And Jalen Ramsey cannot guard all of them. Exactly. And, I mean, we're bashing a lot on the Rams secondary. And I, I agree, for the most part, outside of Ramsey, they're not good. But another thing that plays a key factor is, and they've been depleted all playoffs long, the whole playoffs, they didn't have Jordan Fuller or Taylor Rapp, which are actually their two starting safeties. So you're talking about, they're missing two, they're two safeties. And like any defense is going to struggle with that. That's true. They had to bring back Eric Weddle, who's kind of older, but he hasn't, he hasn't been playing terrible, actually. I, I loved him when he was, yeah, I was gonna say. before he retired. I definitely didn't think I'd be watching him play again, especially not in a Super Bowl. <laughs> especially in a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl for sure. Hopefully his experience helps. Yeah, and I think it, it came up pretty big against the Bucks and the – or it came up probably even bigger last week or two weeks ago against the 49ers. But the interesting thing about this Rams defense is they're good against the pass because of their D-line, not because of their secondary. Absolutely. And – this is like the biggest like strength on weakness matchup, definitely in this Super Bowl and definitely over the last few Super Bowls. This might be the most drastic kind of strength on weakness. The strength being obviously the Rams D line and the weakness being the Bengals O line. Uh, Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in 2021, 51 sacks in the regular season, 12 more in the postseason, 63 total sacks on the year heading into the Super Bowl. He's gotten beat up. And he's ready for the offseason. Yeah, he's got beat up. He better be ready for this offseason. Hopefully he can end it in a good note, though. Because <laughs> 63 sacks is a lot, especially with NFL pass rushers getting to like those hits hurt. And that's with getting away from a lot of sacks. Like that number could be up in the 70s. Yeah, he probably has hits in the hundreds. He's probably taking hundreds of hits this year now. Oh yeah. Yeah, and what's unfortunate is he's going up against a historically good Rams defense. Actually, uh, they've been so good this playoffs, the last three games. Uh, they've had a pressure rate of over 31%. And, I mean, that's really good. But to tell you how good that is, uh, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and the biggest name here of those three is Tom Brady, all face the third highest or higher pressure rate in a single game in their entire careers. And Tom Brady's been playing for... 22 years and he this is one of the three worst games he's played in terms of pressure he, uh the rams got to him wow yeah 
they've been playing so good. And I mean, it's led by a three-headed dragon with Leonard Floyd, Juan Miller, and the big man, uh, Aaron Donald. And all three of those guys have had more than 9.5 sacks in the regular season alone, which, you know, most teams are lucky if they have an eight-plus sack guy. They have three of them. I mean, there's not much else to say. This is what probably one of the best pass rushing uh, fronts ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, they combined for 31 and a half sacks in the regular season and three players. That's more than some teams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the thing is, I think the scary thing is also uh, they're all hot right now. Von Miller, seven sacks in his last seven games. Aaron Donald, seven sacks in his last eight games. Uh, this is a good team. 50 sacks in the regular season. That's good for third. And they don't blitz that often. They're 11th in blitz percentage. So they, they get there with their front four or three. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that blitz percentage, but it makes sense. I mean, when you have three really good crash rushers like that, that all got more than eight sacks, like, I guess you don't have to blitz, but you'll still get there. Yeah. So the thing is they're rushing three or four. They're dropping seven or eight. You still got two seconds or less to get rid of that before you get hit by a bulldozer. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Donald is going to eat this game. Oh, uh, for sure. There's no one that could stop him. Yeah, and if they double or triple team him, then uh, Floyd or Von Miller are going to absolutely destroy mm-hmm. this game too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forget the left tackle's name for the Bengals, but I saw that he gave up uh, the most pressures in the playoffs of any player and the most sacks, which... Uh, the edge rushers, Floyd and Miller, are going to have a great game against him if he plays like the way he's been playing. Yeah, I mean, okay, so how do you counter that? Uh, Burrow's got to get rid of it fast. I mean, really fast. A lot of screens, I guess, but that's a thing, though. And that's the interesting thing. With all the weapons that the Bengals have and their ability to make yards after catch ability, I think the Bengals could actually counter this one. Yeah, and they did a good job of that when they had to do it against the Chiefs. Uh, On quick throw situations, Burrow was 14 for 19 with two touchdowns against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And, I mean, one way to get rid of the ball fast is throwing to your running back and tight ends. And they did pretty good in the AFC Championship as well. Seven targets, six receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown for that group. And that was with... Uzama leaving the game pretty early, so he's going to be back. So, I mean, I feel like the Bengals do have a counter to it. Uh, but, I mean, this matchup, the whole pass offense versus the whole pass defense of the Rams is, like, the closest you could get. Because I think when it comes to secondary versus receivers, I think Bengals win that fairly easily. But when it comes to D-line versus O-line, like, Rams win that, like, by a mile. It's not even close, really. I know. That's why it's kind of hard to call which way it's going to go because, like, both things are so drastic. Like, who's going to win their matchup better, like, by more than the other person? And exactly. then and then scheming, I think, kind of has to come into it, too. Because, like we said, Burrow's got to get rid of the ball fast. And then from their receivers, from the Bengals receivers, they need yards after catch. I think Jamar Chase has had, like, a similar effect that, like, Debo had last year. And he gave – or not last year, last week or two weeks ago. And he gave the Rams – fits with his yards after catch you specifically were talking about that one screen that went for a touchdown missed tackles on that i mean and jamar chase like debo is a yeah is a yak monster so chase can make moves in open field and i mean boyd is really fast the running backs uzama the other running back out of that big touchdown last week ed even t higgins surprised me with his yak ability he had some good plays after the catch uh, against the chiefs and so overall if i add everything together 
the big advantage I really think about is the offense actually has the ability to uh, pick the play. And the defense is usually reactive. And since the offense could start uh, making those like plays that will take advantage of that Rams defense, I'm going to give the Bengals the slight edge. But I mean ever so slightly because that three-headed monster is going to come for Burrow. And I don't think it's going to be a dominant game at all. But I think they'll have enough uh, plays with the quick passing game. And Joe Burrow seems pretty cool, confident, and collected. So I think they'll win this matchup, but not by a lot. Yeah. Aaron Donald made Brady retire. This man looked like he was playing until <laughs> he was 50, and he quit after getting hit a couple times by Aaron Donald. I think the Bengals, with a good scheme, getting it out quick, like they did against the Chiefs, uh, but they'll have to do it better than they did against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I'll go tie or a slight edge towards the Bengals. Yeah, I, I forgot. Actually, like I said, that's that earlier. Uh, that's one of the highest rush pass rush that Brady's facing his entire career. So, I mean, facing that at age 46, I would probably retire too. Mm-hmm. And then heading into this game, Burrow has one interception in, in each of his last two games. The Rams defense has at one or more takeaways in the 10 straight games. So that's going to be huge. If you can shut down one, one or two of the Bengals drives kind of wow. early and give your pretty dominant offense a good field position, a short field, and them an extra chance, you're going to put the Bengals in a tough spot. And I don't know how many times they're going to be able to come back against good teams, Joe Burrow and them. Yeah, this seems a little different than the Chiefs because I think their defense is much better than the Chiefs. So the Chiefs' D-line is kind of similar, maybe in, in terms of skill, to the Titans' O-line, but they don't have like the sack artist, especially that that the Rams have with their three guys that you mentioned. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll see something similar to what we saw with the Titans uh, when it comes to numbers of sacks. Nine? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe not that many. I forgot how many. Yeah, yeah, that was like an all-time high. But I mean, everything says that uh, that the Rams are going to probably have a lot of sacks. Yeah, but you, I think it's going to be similar to the AFC Championship, which Bengals offense kind of got shut down. But I don't think the Rams defense is going to keep them down for the whole game. They're going to have a point where they just like break out and they, they figure something out, something clicks. I think the Rams need to take those chances as they come, take advantage when they come and try for as long as you can to keep the Bengals offense quiet. All right now let's talk about the run games and the run defenses, both the weaker side of the ball on offense for these two teams, but both going to be super important for these offenses. So we'll start with the Rams run offense against the Bengals run defense. The Rams uh, running offense, I would say, is pretty mediocre. I mean, they gave up. I mean, they uh, not gave up. They ran for 94.3 yards per game in the postseason, which isn't anything groundbreaking. I mean, you didn't hit triple digits or anything. And the Bengals rush defense, though, uh, has given up 127.3 yards per game. But they also played some pretty good running backs. And they held Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry 83 yards for Josh Jacobs. That's that's pretty solid, but 62 yards to Derrick Henry, that's very little. Yeah, the issue is like their yards per carry, right? So McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the AFC Championship each had well over five yards per carry. Uh, in the regular season, Bengals were giving up about 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, they gave up 5.8 to the Chiefs and then 7.4 to the Raiders and 5.2 to the Titans. Oh wow! Actually, I yeah, I didn't, I've been looking too much at the total yardage. Their per attempt is pretty high. So I yeah, 
I don't know. Teams have been passing a lot against them. So uh, it is the weaker kind of aspect to their defense. I mean, the thing is, it's also the weaker part of the, I guess, the Rams offense too. The biggest detriment to their offense too, because they actually lead the playoffs and fumbles lost before. I mean, Cam yeah. Akers had a bunch. I was going to say the one way that like you, you absolutely detriment your team and your kind of run game is by fumbling it and just handing it back to the other team. Four fumbles lost. Yeah. I don't know how they survived that Bucks game. If their offense didn't just light it up to start the game, they would not be in the Super Bowl right now with four fumbles. And I don't think you're going to be able to win a Super Bowl doing something like that. No, no, not at all. As for the Bengals defense, though, I mean, their number one tackler, and not only their number one tackler, but all of the NFL's number one tackler in the postseason is Logan Wilson. He has 30 tackles, and it's not like not just because he played three games, but also because he's averaging 10 tackles per game. Like he's everywhere, he's making plays, and expect him to meet Cam Akers a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is that the Rams, even if it's you're not running like great keep running it. yeah all right in the nfc championship 29 carries for 70 yards that's under two and a half yards per carry but you gotta keep running it i remember in in 2018 or whenever it was when the, their super bowl against the patriots they gave up on the run they only ran it 18 times in super bowl 53 or whatever it was you can't you gotta keep the defense honest or the pass rushers are just coming straight around to the quarterback no one's playing the run anymore and and you're just you're getting ready for the pass the whole time. You got to keep them honest. You have to keep running it. And I think this year they have been more consistent in running it. Uh, even though during the regular season they were 23rd in rush attempts, but in the playoffs I think they they've gotten a little better, a little more consistent. And I think they showed that in the NFC Championship. Like I said, yeah. just 29 carries. Actually, they I mean they have I talked about Cam Akers, but I really like Sony Michelle and I feel like they should utilize him more too. I think, I mean, I think both their running backs are pretty good. I'm kind of curious why they don't have a more explosive running offense. It, it kind of boggles my mind because I think both of these backs are elusive. They make big plays. And I, but I agree with you, stick to a run because at least it keeps defense disciplined. And I guess it seems like the Bengals aren't the best rushing defense. And when you keep more people in the box, you could hit bigger plays with your big weapons like Cup and OBJ. But to dig further into their uh, details and their rushing struggles in the playoffs, context kind of matters. And they played the Buccaneers, who ranked third in the NFL in rushing defense. And they also played the 49ers, who ranked sixth in the NFL in rushing defense. And, I mean, when you play teams like that, you're going to struggle running the ball. And, I mean, the fact is they still stuck to it even with when they knew the other team, like the 49ers, stops the run really well. So, I mean, maybe they see something better with the Bengals. Even if they don't, they have to... Stick to it. They need 25 plus carries in this game or else the linebackers, the Bengals linebackers, the safeties, everyone starts kind of dropping back a little bit. And then that's how the Rams or that's how the Bengals get good at just letting you have what's underneath. No big plays and make you drive the whole field and make it harder on you. And you don't want to have long drives, but less bounce against this Bengals defense who, uh, like I said earlier, leads the NFL in turnover margins in the uh, playoffs because the longer you're on the field, the longer you're throwing the ball more likely you're going to make a mistake. I think the Rams will stick to the run. I think McVay learned from his experience in his postseason run a couple years ago when they got the Super Bowl. And it's definitely the Bengals' weakness 
even though the, the Rams aren't the best run team, I got a slight edge to the Rams just because they're going to stick to it and, and keep the Bengals honest. No, I like that pick, but I'm going to pick a surprise pick because I think the Bengals have seen a very good running backs in the playoffs. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, I think are much better than the running backs that the Rams have. And I, I, I also really like the combination of running backs that the Chiefs have. And they, I mean, they've held everyone in relative check. They no, no, no one's had a really impressive game. Uh, I know yards per carry has been a lot, but when it comes to crunch time and fourth quarter running, I feel like Bengals have made a lot of big plays. And so I'm going to say go with the Bengals. And I, I really believe that they'll, they'll come up with schemes to, to go up against this. And Logan Wilson's having one hell of a playoff run. It's a surprise matchup. I don't think the numbers say the uh, Bengals win this matchup, but I think they do. It's about the eye test anyway. Yeah. On the flip side, though, Bengals run offense versus Rams run defense. I think a lot of the same principles hold true. I think first to keep the pass rush at least a little bit in check off your back. Instead of having Von Miller and, and Floyd sprinting around the edge to you, I think they need to run and stick with the run just so they might have to at least think about going for the running back instead of just coming straight for Burrow's head. Bengals, four yards per carry in the regular season and 19th in terms of rush attempts. So kind of similar to the to the Rams in the playoffs. It's kind of continued with the regular season, about 88 yards per game and 3.8 yards per carry. They're pretty mediocre, just like the Rams rushing offense. It's it's about the same. Um, I mean, Mixon had a good season. I think he hit he hit a thousand yards. So individually, he's doing pretty well, and he had a pretty good AFC Championship game. Mixon had 21 carries for 88 yards. To add into that, though, Joe Burrow is a pretty decent dual threat too. Uh, he had five carries at 25 yards. I think that's another factor to their own game. They have uh, a Joe Burrow who makes plays with his legs, and he had some crucial third down runs like you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, even though that's not like traditional running, it still counts as a run game, I guess. Um, Burrow's ability to scramble for his life and maybe turn off field on a couple of those is going to be pretty important. I, I agree there. The Rams' run defense, though, I think is a little better than the Bengals. Throughout 2021, they've given up four yards for carry. And last week in the NFC Championship against a pretty good uh, 49ers running offense, they only gave up 2.5 yards for carry. Impressive. Yeah, no, the whole playoffs, too. I mean, this Rams rush defense has been extremely dominant. They've they turned it up a notch. I think it's been a combination of also that pass rush, too. I think it, it's really that front seven that just picked it up a new level. I think maybe they realize their safeties aren't going to be there, so they might as well step up their game. And, I mean, step up the game they have. Like, the largest individual rushing performance they've allowed this playoffs was 51 yards by Leonard Fournette. But the most yards they allowed by an entire team was the Cardinals with 61 yards. These aren't good numbers at all. They've just been shutting everyone down. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't realize they were that good. Um, yeah, the Rams also are fifth in, in regular season rushing yards per game allowed. Yeah, no, their their run defense is really good, which kind of confuses me since I don't think their linebackers that good. But it also makes sense when you consider how good their pass rush is. And I mean, if they could shred the blocks for pass rush, they could probably shred the blocks for running. I guess so. But I mean, overall, I think the purpose of the Bengals run game is just, like I said, to keep the defense honest. Don't let the linebackers and safeties and everyone like kind of drop back and just be playing the pass. And make it really hard to play the pass. We saw them against the Chiefs. They bring in these like jumbo packages. And the mix is a good player. So, I mean, get the ball to him as much as you can afford. And the more blockers he has in front of him with your jumbo packages, the better. 
Um, you pick up a few yards, and it sets up the play action. It makes the pass game even better, and, and that's how you get the linebackers up a little bit, Absolutely. get it in behind them, and let Chase do his thing after the catch. Yeah, I'm going to uh, bring in a stat here, but uh, I think one of the things that really helps the Rams, though, is I think their ability to shred blocks and control the edge. I mean, you got Rams, I mean, you got Donald in the middle controlling the inside, and then you got your edge rushers and Miller and Floyd that prevent you from running. And one of the big stats is Leonard Floyd had his career high for most tackles in a season this year with 70 tackles. His next closest was 55. Like he picked up his ability to stop the run and he's played a huge hand in the help. And I mean, I've talked about Leonard Floyd a lot because he used to play for the Bears and the most sacks he's ever had in a season was seven with us. And he's done that more than that every season with the Rams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> outside of my personal thing, uh, even if you do get the edge, I've seen Ramsey make some big plays on the run too. Their team, their defense is fast. They get to you. Good luck for the Bengals. But they, I mean, they have good packages, like you're saying but they're going to need some pretty good schemes to get around all these guys. I don't think they'll have much success. So, I mean, I'm going to advantage Rams, but it's still important that they have like 20 to 25 attempts at least throughout the game. Yeah. They, I mean, to keep maybe Burrow from taking some hits too, I think it's good to run the ball though. <laughs> yeah. The best way to not get sacked is to hand <laughs> it off. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, uh, if I had to pick a matchup advantage, I'm going to go Rams and not even much hesitation. Yeah, and then, you know, this is the Super Bowl, so it's supposed to be close. I think the line is Rams by four, is at least what I've seen. So special teams, I think, is going to be important. Obviously, you're not going to win the Super Bowl missing every field goal. Both these teams have good kickers. Uh, Matt gave the Rams in the playoffs seven for nine, nine for nine extra points. Money Mac, Shooter McPherson, whatever you want to call him, rookie kicker, already so many nicknames, 12 for 12 field goals in the playoffs, Four for four extra points. That's the most without missing in the playoffs. Uh, did I mention he's a rookie? <laughs> the only player that might be more confident than Joe Burrow on the Bengals is probably Shooter McPherson. And the dude does not miss. Uh, and I mean, that's why you draft a kicker. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess so. When the opportunity comes, you draft a kicker. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm going advantage Bengals. Same, same. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've never had so much fun watching a kicker. And the thing is, he, not only makes the kicks, it's not even, like, it's dead center with 10 extra yards every time. Like, he just nails it. He's money. He's got a cannon. Okay, so now the time for the Super Bowl 56 prediction. I, I have both of our predictions here. I can't see him. Neither of us can see him yet. I'm going to uncover him so he's supposed to see him at the same time. But let's see what we got. We'll go through him. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I did see that's that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so uh, I guess I'll start. Um, the team wearing white has won fourteen of the last seventeen Super Bowls, and the Rams are wearing white. I got the Rams thirty-one to twenty-four. Super Bowl fifty-six champions. So, side note: I want the Bengals to win, and I picked oh, against them the last two weeks. And since I picked against them the last two weeks, what did they do? Obviously, they won the game. I still want them to win this week. I'm going to pick the Rams, though. Again, two, three weeks in a row, I think their opponent is the better team. But to make it as close as possible, because I actually think the Bengals have surprised me every time I think pick against them. I'm going to say 24-20 Rams. I think the Rams defense is going to slow down Burrow enough to keep him from scoring too many points. But I think the Bengals defense is going to surprise us yet again and slow down Matt Stafford and that high-flying Rams offense. 
a little reverse psychology, huh? I like yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, Bengals win. Yeah, I, bro. Honestly, so you said you want the Bengals to win. Honestly, I think this might be the first Super Bowl in which I have it. Like, I don't care who wins. Like, I truly, I can't decide who I want. At first, I was with the Rams. Then I switched to the Bengals. Now, I, I, I don't even know. Am I with the Rams because I picked them? I really don't know. I have no idea. No, I feel that. Okay, so if I had to pick my favorite player from either of these two teams, I'm probably going to go Joe Burrow. But then I like a lot of the players at the Rams for sure. I want OBJ to get his ring. I think Donald's been dominant. I think he deserves one. I, I mean, I like Floyd from the Bears. And obviously, Matt Stafford has been stuck with Detroit so long. I think he deserves a Super Bowl. So, no, I mean, I kind of agree. I wouldn't be mad if the Rams won. I think, I think they deserve it. And, I mean, if for mo- most teams they would play, I kind of would want the Rams to win. So. I'm not really like, I just want a good game, really, at the end of the day. I'm Honestly, not too invested in either team. It's going to be a good, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be a great halftime show. Yeah. You got a lot, a lot of big name artists. Star studded. These are the, yeah. If, if you list the music in the early to mid 2000s, <laughs> you're going to love the Super Bowl halftime show. I think the issue with last year's halftime show was it was only the weekend. Like, he didn't really bring on anyone. And don't get me wrong, Weekend's a great artist, but like, Having multiple artists performing is great. We got Snoop Dogg. These are some some big Dr. names. Yeah. Eminem, Kendrick Lamar too. Ray. They got some two thousand yeah, artists. But oh, I think it's gonna be great. And no wonder those tickets are like averaged like ten thousand dollars. Bro, I'm saying I was so surprised. The lowest ticket was priced at three thousand five hundred something dollars. Like. The cheapest ticket, like these are nosebleed seats dropping three to half K. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw the average was around 10k, which is like what? Yeah, exactly. I'd have to sell my car <laughs> twice. The, the, those tickets insane. I mean, for for a game, I'm I, I guess the good thing though is it is LA, so there's probably a lot of rich folks, Hollywood. So they're they're gonna get their ticket sales. Oh, it's a Super Bowl. It's definitely sold out. I hope Cincinnati fans can get make it there. Yeah. Hopefully they don't lose an arm and leg to get there, though. Obviously, you know, attend your sports events responsibly. <laughs> be financially responsible trying to get support your team. But I think it's going to be a great game. I really am I'm excited for either team. If Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase get rings in their first and second years in the league, that would be crazy. If Stafford finally and OBJ and Aaron Donald finally get their rings, I'll be super happy for them too. I want the Bengals to win, but I also am super happy for the Rams if they win because they deserve it. And to be honest, as a Rams fan, you trade away the next three, four years. So you better win this year. They're a win now team. So anyway, we'll both be watching the Super Bowl. We'll be back next week to discuss whatever goes down in, in Super Bowl 56. And then. NBA is going to start picking up. We got March Madness right around the corner. Lots more sports. Sports season is still young. Oh, yeah. But make sure to follow our Twitter and like and retweet when our episodes come out for a chance to hop on the podcast with us. Maybe do a rank it. Those are going to be coming back pretty soon. Um, But that is all. We will see you guys next week.